Hey everybody, welcome back to Explain Like I'm Five, the podcast where we take the questions you always wanted to ask and talk about them in a way that's easy to understand. We are your hosts, I'm Tim. And I'm Kevin. So Kevin, today we're taking on an interesting topic, and that is airport security. Why do we have a limit on the amount of hand-carry liquids we can bring when we travel? And how is the fluid limit in airports even an effective security measure? Was it introduced due to September 11th, perhaps? Oh, yes, it is a very specific rule, right? This one's actually not due to September 11th, actually. It came after. Um, there was this terrorist plot uh, called the 2006 Transatlantic Aircraft Plot, where they planned to detonate liquid explosives carried aboard airliners traveling from the United Kingdom to the United States and Canada, basically disguised as soft drinks. Mm, I see. But it never actually happened, though, right? Correct. Thankfully, the plot was discovered by British Metropolitan Police during an extensive surveillance operation. But as a result, they you know, kind of implemented these really strict airport security rules. For a few days right after that raid, the UK terror alert levels raised from severe all the way to critical, signaling that an attack was believed to be imminent. And security at all British airports were raised to the highest level, with all property having to go into the aircraft's hold. So basically no carry-on bags were allowed at all, uh, except for you know, very essential, such as like travel documents and wallets. Uh, passengers traveling with small children were permitted to carry things like baby food, uh, but <laughs> funnily enough, they had to taste it in front of staff to make sure, you know, it didn't have anything dangerous in it. Wow, that sounds extremely strict. Yep, yep. Uh, but after a few days, the threat was lowered, but still for a time, passengers were not allowed to bring any liquids on airline flights. And in some cases, it's even applied to your checked baggage. And then after some more time passed, this 100 milliliter rule kind of became the global standard. I see. I, I can understand how 100 milliliters is now a portion of that size of a soft drink can that they were originally using now. So that makes sense. Now, wasn't security already elevated by the time we got to 2006 because of all the events of 2001, September 11th? Yeah, yep. After the September 11th attacks, there was an immediate call to action regarding the state of aviation security measures as the hijackers involved in 9-11 were able to successfully pass through security and take command of the plane. Basically, the existing security measures like metal detectors, it did flag more than half of the 19 hijackers in 9-11, uh, but that was it. They only flagged them. They were eventually cleared to board the plane because their bags were not found to contain any dangerous things like explosives. So there was this big, big, big step up in security after September 11. Uh, you know, prior to that, airport screening was provided in the U.S. by actually private security companies contracted by the airline or airport. But in November 2001, the infamous TSA, the Transportation Security Administration, was formed. I see. Now we know it as the TSA. That's right. That's right. The TSA, they was introduced in, in, uh, in the United States to take over all of the security functions of the entire country's airports. And the TSA, they increased the number of security agents employed from a, you know, measly 16,200 all the way to 56,000 agents, uh, and also increased uh, their compensation as well. They also changed the configuration of planes and put locks on the doors, right? Oh, yes, yes. This was another big security measure. So. The cockpit doors in many aircraft are reinforced 
and bulletproof now to prevent unauthorized access these days. You know, passengers are totally prohibited from entering the cockpit during flight. Uh, before this, you could actually go and visit a pilot during the flight as a kid. Some aircraft are also equipped with CCTV cameras so the pilots can monitor uh, cabin activity. And other things like pilots are not allowed, are, are, sorry, are, are now allowed to carry firearms, uh, but they must be trained and licensed. And in the US, more air marshals have been placed also on flights to kind of improve security. How about those full body scanners which you start to see around airports? When did they start? Oh, interesting. Yeah, so those came in around 2007. Full body scanners started supplementing the metal detectors at airports and train stations even around that time. Are they safe? Well, you know, there is a lot of constant debate on this. But as a whole, this is all very, very heavily regulated. So the most common full body scanners was called a transmission x-ray scanner. And they do use penetrating radiation, which passes through the human body, which is then captured by a detector or like a series of detectors. But the dosage received from these, this radiation is usually not higher than something like a, uh, a 0.25 microsievert, which is actually about the same level as the comic radiation from the sun if you were at an altitude of like 10,000 meters. Uh, anyways, but the benefit you know, of these full body scanners is that it can detect objects hidden, not only under the clothes, but also inside of the human body. Uh, including things like drugs, uh, which could be carried by drug couriers in like the stomach or something. So in, in effect, they are good for security in that sense. Aside from safety, there are also some privacy concerns with these full body scanners. Yeah, yeah, that was a really big topic when it first came out. You know, passengers objected to images of their x-ray itself, uh, essentially naked body profiles being displayed to the screening agents and, or even being recorded by the government. Um, critics say the imaging is like a virtual strip search without probable cause. They've updated the technology now, so it's less intrusive. So the operator may see an alternate wavelength image of the person's naked body or merely a cartoon-like representation of the person with an indicator showing where, you know, potential suspicious items were detected uh, or full x-ray image of the person. You might have also noticed that for privacy, the display is also generally not visible to other passengers, you know, as you're going through it. And finally, some good news on the horizon is that some countries are considering ditching the liquid ban that we talked about at the start. Yes, yes, some changes on the horizon. Um, there have been some news reports that airports in the UK are planning to ditch the ban altogether on liquids over 100 milliliters by 2024. So that would be pretty exciting. Very exciting indeed. Did you learn something new? If you did, send us an email. We are at eli5thepodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you, especially when you've got suggestions for us. And if you are a regular listener to this podcast, please do take the time to go leave us a rating or a review on Apple iTunes. It takes less than two minutes and it helps other people to find our podcast. As always, thank you to the community at r slash explain like I'm five, and we will see you all next week.